0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Back and Better Than Ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. It's a Monday. It's pouring rain where I am, which is perfectly suited to my mood. Because I had a rough weekend as a football fan, and so I will tell you right now, the hot takes are coming in hot today. Greeny struggled through this weekend. I'd be lying if I told you otherwise. It started so well started so well. Daughter's home from college for Thanksgiving. Friday after I finished up my shows, took a nice walk. City streets, 65 degrees and sunny, feeling great about myself. Got up Saturday. It was nice enough out to play a round of golf. Played a round of golf on Saturday. Really enjoyed that. Went out there. It was just a beautiful day. And then disaster befell me. (laughs) My, My beloved Northwestern Wildcats Suffered a, a very difficult and painful and excruciating loss to which I reacted in the only reasonable way possible. I drank much too much. I mean, much too much. All right, did you ask, Stacey? I was a mess. Saturday night, I poured myself into bed much too late. Woke up feeling just awful yesterday. Just awful. Emotionally, physically, mentally, you name it. There are no words to describe how lousy my day was yesterday. So I did nothing but watch football and take notes. And I'm telling you right now, we are taking no prisoners today. We are going from the top rope, from start to finish, because I still have a little bit of a headache, and I still have a little bit of a hangover, both literally and figuratively, and we are ready to go. This is Greeny, and I am presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. It begins with, by far, the most interesting and important game of the weekend.
0: Chiefs at Buccaneers. Kelsey single to the right. Mahomes throwing to that. Tyreek Hill over the shoulder. 15-yard line. Cuts it back inside. Five. He backflips into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. 44-yard touchdown reception. And Tyreek Hill is close to 200 yards receiving in the first Quarter. He
1: wound up at 203 yards receiving in the first quarter. Patrick Mahomes put on an unimaginably great show, throwing for almost 500 yards and easily outperforming the man whom he will ultimately be judged against. The greatest of all time, Tom Brady in the house. Actually, it was his house, but it was Patrick Mahomes who stole the show. And there's so much to talk about from that game that we're going to get into it here it, taking both sides of it into account. First and foremost, Hill is unbelievable. Kelsey is unbelievable. They've got not one, but two running backs because Le'Veon Bell is becoming more a part of things. Hardeman is still out there. They got Sammy Watkins back yesterday. They're just a ridiculous show to watch. And I will say it again, and I hope you were thinking of this as you were watching that game. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP every year for the next 15 years. I go back to the thing I brought up about three weeks ago. They should rename the award the Patrick Mahomes Award and just give it to the next guy every season because we will get tired of just giving it to Mahomes. But he's the MVP this year, and it's not close. Aaron Rodgers is brilliant. Russell Wilson, brilliant. Lots of guys. Derrick Henry, magnificent. A lot of guys who belong in the conversation. But there's only one guy after whom the award should be named because he's the MVP every year. And Patrick Mahomes put on the kind of show yesterday that reminds you of why. Because he does things no one else can do, no one else would even think of trying to do. And then when the game becomes a game at the end, and they need to run the clock out, they throw it. You can count on the fingers of one hand, the quarterbacks whose teams have had the confidence in them to let them do that in my lifetime. Over the course of time, they don't do that. Quarterbacks don't get to win games that way. But who do you feel better about than Patrick Mahomes that you've ever seen to win that game for you yesterday at the end? So he did. So they're the easy part. The Chiefs are spectacular. That's the easy part. And they are, without question, the favorite to win the championship this year. And again, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. Don't let anybody tell you different. That's the easy part. The hard part is the other side. How much did you love the way Tony Romo hates the... Tampa's offense I've been saying this for weeks and Orlovsky has been on my side and yesterday Tony Romo picked up that baton and ran with it Tony Romo might as well have said on television what the hell is Bruce Arians doing because that's what all of us have been saying and it finally caught up to him Bruce Arians this season is doing as bad a job coaching his team relative to the talent it has as anyone in the league and that includes the coaches who've been fired Matt Patricia got fired this weekend. Adam Gase got fired. He just doesn't know it yet. Who am I forgetting? Bill O'Brien got fired. These guys have gotten fired. None of them coach their teams any worse than Bruce Arians is coaching his. By the way, someone might want to tell Bruce that when your defensive defensive, when, when J- Jason Pierre-Paul punches Patrick Mahomes directly in the helmet, that's a penalty in the NFL. He's screaming and yelling, and you saw what he was saying. Has the initials MF, if you were watching him screaming at the officials, as though he has no idea that that's a penalty in the NFL. By the way, it's a penalty that your team got called on your benefit twice as the game went on. I didn't see him yelling at the refs then. Bruce Arians is it is falling apart around him, and he's the only one who doesn't see it. Tony Romo's begging him, begging him on television. What are you doing to Tom Brady? Now, Brady walked out of the press conference yesterday in a polite way. He did it friendly with a smile on his face. But he walked out after our Jenna Lane, who covers the Buccaneers for us at ESPN, asked him the question about Ninkovich. Rob Ninkovich, on Get Up on Friday, said what Tom Brady needs is a new coach. Jenna Lane brought that up to Brady yesterday. Here's what he said. No, it's just the external noise that when you're losing, you know, that's what you deal with. So, uh, you know, I love playing for, for the guys that I play with, the coaches, the whole organization's been unbelievable. And I think what, uh, you know, it's got to go out and, I certainly have to do a better job the last four weeks of the year. What a freaking pro he is. What a pro Tom Brady is. To put up with all of the nonsense that he has put up with this year from Bruce Arians, who himself, I guarantee you, is sitting there saying, you know, every play I dials up, touchdown. The quarterback could just throw it out there. We'd score. No risk it, no biscuit. No clue. You've blown it. The Buccaneers have blown it. They did everything right and called everything wrong. They have the right pieces in place, they have the right quarterback, they had the time, they had everything in place to win it this year and they've just done it wrong and that's on the coach. Has Brady been perfect? No. But he hasn't been the problem. If you're watching that team and you think Tom Brady is the problem, then I don't know what it is you think you're seeing. The problem with that team is the offensive scheme and philosophy and that is the coach. That's the problem in Tampa. And it's not getting better. So this they're done. They're done. They absolutely should have been the first team, or at least made a run, at being the first team to host a Super Bowl. Things in their building this year. And they absolutely have the players to do it. And the coach, it's more important to Bruce Arians that his system work than it is that they win. And that is an indictment. That's as bad a job as you can do as a coach. So no coach this year has coached this team worse than Bruce Arians has coached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, regardless of the fact that they're 7-5. and five. So that's the number one game of the day. Everything right on one side and everything wrong on the other. Now we're going to get to the hot takes. And I'll start by asking you for yours. Give me a call right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll be coming to your hot takes right after mine. As you can be a part of Greeny Nation, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN. Your hottest takes coming out of yesterday in the NFL. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up. And so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. So, again, your hot takes are coming right after mine. Here we go. Number three.
0: Bears at Packers. Second down and eight. Toss fake to Jones. Rolling left, Rogers Winds up. Rainbows. Tunyon out there. Touchdown! And a rainbow down the middle to Robert Tunyon. They beat Eddie Jackson, the all-pro in the deep secondary.
1: The Chicago Bears are done. Now you're saying, Greeny, that's not a hot take. Anyone watching can see they're done. I mean this iteration of the Chicago Bears are done. Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, Mitch Trubisky, didn't work. Didn't work. And it's all tied together. All tied together. Because they made the aggressive move to go up and make the pick. That ties the general manager to the quarterback. They went out and hired the offensive genius, the guru with the visor, to come up here and develop the quarterback. And Candidly, not only didn't he, but it doesn't appear to me he ever really wanted to. But whatever it is, you can't be as wrong as they are and keep it going. They trade away all this equity, all this draft capital to move up to take Mitchell Trubisky and to get Khalil Mack. And Khalil Mack has done just fine. He's a terrific player. But if you win zero playoff games, you lost the trade. They lost the trade. So this is over for the Bears. And I'm hearing we'll play it for you as soon as we can get our hands on it. Matt Nagy apparently was, in his press conference today, challenging the entire organization to show some pride. You know when you do that? You do that before the game at Lambeau Field. You don't do it after you get humiliated on national television. That thing is over, as over as it can be. And it is a total organizational failure, top to bottom, top to bottom. So the Chicago Bears of this era, of this little micro era, are completely finished. If they had any life whatsoever, it ended last night. Trubisky's never going to happen. Foles is the time to move on. That's not the answer anywhere. Maybe he becomes your backup based on whatever it is you want to do next, and you start from scratch. And by the way, you start in a bad place. So the Bears are an organizational mess, and this iteration of their franchise is over. That's number three. Number two Titans at Colts.
0: 146 to go in the half from the Indy 11 yard line. Give. To Derrick Henry, to the five-yard line, to the goal line. He's in again. Touchdown number three in the first half for Derrick Henry. Just cruising through the Colts' defense in the opening two quarters.
1: Number two is very simple. Remember the Titans, and I told you many times, I will always admit to you when I'm wrong, I was dead wrong about this team. I watched their defense play the first half of the season, and I said, they're not who we thought they were. They're not the team that made this run to the AFC Championship game last year because they can't stop anybody. And you know what? Derrick Henry doesn't surprise anyone. He could have run for 250 yards yesterday if they would needed him to. They had, they're up 35-14 at the half. And Tannehill's starting to play well, and A.J. Brown is really good. But what they have now is a defense. Their defense is starting to play just enough football that makes them, without question, the biggest threat to KC and Pittsburgh in the AFC. It's not Buffalo. It's not the Raiders who got their heads handed to them yesterday. It's not the Colts. It's not anybody else. It is the Tennessee Titans who are the, the biggest threat to Kansas City, Pittsburgh, in the AFC. And the reason is because nobody wants to see Derrick Henry coming into their building. Nobody. What a turnaround that has been. What a coaching job that Matt Vrabel has done there. Matt Vrabel. Did I say Matt Vrabel? I'm sorry. I'm just... They've had a long week. It's Mike Frabel, obviously. And that team plays like a linebacker. I like a linebacker as the coach. They play like they have the mentality of a linebacker. They run it down your throat. Can you imagine standing there and watching Derrick Henry running at you and you're thinking, I have to do something about this? Sounds like a terrible feeling. And yesterday, no one did it. Colts were missing a bunch of bad people to be missing in the interior of their defense yesterday. And, and Derrick Henry ran all over them. So the Tennessee Titans are the most dangerous team in the AFC to what would otherwise appear to be the coronation of Kansas City and Pittsburgh. All right, one more.
0: Chargers and
1: Bills. Josh Allen has them lined up. Bills second and eight at the Chargers 20.
0: Josh going to throw it behind him. is going to throw it again to a man wide open. Gabriel Davis, touchdown. Touchdown, Buffalo. Cole Beasley to Gabriel Davis. How about that?
1: All right, how about that indeed? So the Bills are good, and congratulations to them on the win, but the story of that game, if you watched it, was not Buffalo. The story of that game was Anthony Lynn, whom I know, whom I like, whom I root for, sealing his fate as the coach of the Chargers. That team finds ways to lose late every week, and the clock management yesterday might have been as bad as anything I've ever seen in the NFL. If you saw it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. First, the timeout in the first half, and then at the very end, running the football at, on the two-yard line after the miracle Hail Mary gives them some theoretical chance to still win the game. It was embarrassing. Anthony Lynn afterwards had no explanation. Late in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, after you completed that Hail Mary to, to Tyron Johnson, you guys just ran the ball with 25 that, was, seconds. that was
0: completely miscommunication now. Completely. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, with, with no timeouts, no time, 16 seconds, I think on the clock. Yeah. Yeah. That was completely miscommunication.
1: So was that your call? Was that Shane's call? When you say I'm, miscommunication. You know
0: what? I'm just going leave it, to leave it at that. And just say that was
1: miscommunication. I think the miscommunication is he thought they'd scored. I don't know exactly what he thought, but unfortunately he coached his way out of LA yesterday And you know what? I agree with Dan Orlovsky. That is the most attractive vacancy that there will be this offseason because they have the most important thing in place. They've got the sure thing. Justin Herbert is a sure thing. You know who isn't? Trevor Lawrence. Everyone loves him, and he probably will be great. But he's not as sure a thing as Justin Herbert is right now. Justin Herbert is the goods. Spectacular. Spectacular. So that will become, for all the openings, and there's going to be a bunch of them. There already are. That will become the number one job that people with an option will want. Okay, so those are my hot takes. And listen, I'll remind you that we all accidentally damage our phones, right? That happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just $65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assureon.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. So my hot takes are behind us. Your hot takes are in front of us. Dr. Pepper, call in line. Bubba, do we have a few of these ready to go? Tell me who's ready to go. Yep, we got Mike, and he's in Chicago. Mike in Chicago, go ahead. What's your hot take? My hot take? How about Coral Patterson as the Bears QB for the remainder of the year? (laughs) I think Trubisky should be benched. I want to go a la Broncos because what's the point of watching? I tweeted you two days ago that this would be the hot take, and when our quarterback says that he was blindsided for getting benched in the first place and then his press conference says that he was just happy to be out there, I'm sorry. I like the guy. seems like a nice kid, but we do not need that kind of mentality in the NFL. Max Kellerman roasted me on his call a few days ago when I said, this is not in the Bears' business plan. It's not in the Bears' business plan to be successful. So you know what? I'm going to join you. I'm going to start my hangover right now. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I, I you know, so I, I... I recommend it because at some point there's nothing else you can do because it is just that depressing at this point. I feel bad for the Bears fans. I feel bad for the great football fans of Chicago. You were sitting five and one, but everyone knew it then. Everyone knew then this team was no good, but I didn't think they were this bad and they've shown no heart. And Trubisky just doesn't have it. Look, it's just he just doesn't have it. Let's just be honest. And what is the point of trying to pretend something exists that doesn't? He is the one who wanted the televisions off in the facility because he was afraid that the analysts on Get Up were being too mean to him. So, and now he was blindsided by being benched. Everyone on planet Earth knew he was getting benched. Everyone paying attention knew that Matt Nagy brought Nick Foles there because he wanted him to be the quarterback. And the only thing Trubisky has going for him is that Foles was even worse. So this is over now. It's over in Chicago for all of them. And it needs to start over again. Bubba, who's next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? We got Scott in Missouri. Scott, give me a hot take. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP over Patrick Mahomes because if you put Ryan
0: Fitzpatrick on the Chiefs, they're still a playoff team.
1: I love the take. Oh, I love it. That was that was exactly the definition of what I want this topic, this segment to be. I don't agree with it at all, but I love it. It's just that hot. Now, are the circumstances for Mahomes perfect? Yes. It is the perfect storm for success. Is Aaron Rodgers every bit as valuable to his team as Mahomes is? In fact, in far lesser circumstances, is he doing, even, is he doing more with less? Yes. If I had a vote for MVP, I'd give it to Mahomes. But I love the take. And I can't tell you you're crazy. If Aaron Rodgers wins the award this year, again, I would give Aaron Rodgers the Patrick Mahomes Most Valuable Player of the Year Award. That's how we could meet in the middle. But that's an excellent take. Bubba, who's next on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? Yep, we'll stay right here in Connecticut and talk to Ken. Tim, what's your hot take? Ken, Ken. Ken, what's your hot take?
0: This is Ken. How you doing, Greedy? Good. I, I believe that with the inconsistency with Derek Carr, it's time for John Gruden to give Marcus Mariota a shot.
1: Well, it's interesting because a week ago we were talking about how Derek Carr was having like the sneaky best season of any quarterback in the NFL and then he went to Atlanta yesterday and I don't know what the heck happened. That was one of the biggest no-shows of the entire NFL season, not just Carr, but the whole team. They got shellacked by a Falcons team with basically nothing to play for. By the way, Raheem Morris might be coaching his way into a job there. Derek Carr is having a very good year, so I can't sit here and take that job away from him. But I will say that the really important things in football happen after Thanksgiving. So as good as he's been up till this point, he still has to prove it this last month of the season lead that team to the playoffs, which they are by no means a lock to make, and play well when you get there. Because if there's one thing we know John Gruden has always had with quarterbacks, it is an itchy trigger finger. Excellent takes. Excellent work. Ken, thank you very much. Outstanding. We'll do some more of these a little later today. I love the hot takes, and they're helping me work out a little bit of my aggression, so I appreciate it. Coming up next, however, we haven't even gotten to what is really the most important question in the NFL. That is, should these games be played? And I have the most definitive answer you will hear anywhere.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickRanger.com or just stop by. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: I would not say this is, um, you know, how I I planned out in my dreams. Well, he did everything he could. He, He was excited for the opportunity. We were excited for him. His teammates were excited for him. But that's a big, big ask. You know, it just didn't work out.
1: The person they're talking about there is named Kendall Hinton. And it was no fault of his whatsoever that he became the worst player ever to play quarterback in a National Football League game yesterday. In fact... I'm going to give him some love. We're going to give him the extra mile. Our friends at Mercedes-Benz Vans ask us every week to pick someone who went the extra mile. I'll give it to him. You know what? He went out there and he tried. He's a practice squad wide receiver who played quarterback in college at Wake. They needed a quarterback yesterday because of the disgrace that took place in the Broncos quarterback room. So that kid, Kendall Hinton, went out there and went the extra mile. The extra mile is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz vans are ready for anything. So that really was, I, I thought, the most important story of the weekend. When you had the four Broncos quarterbacks all being sidelined for this game, one because he tested positive, and the other three because they all came in on Tuesday to watch film And they did so, they were, in their own words, careless with their masking. Now, let's make this as clear as we possibly can. I heard people say it's not fair to the Broncos to have to play a game that way. I heard those words spoken. Let me make this as clear as I possibly can. I think if the only thing that happens to those quarterbacks, Drew Locke and Bortles and and Brett Rippon, if the only thing that happens is the humiliation of having put their team, their teammates, their fans, their league, and themselves through that unsightly mess yesterday, if that's all that happens to them, then they get off ridiculously easy. And while I I stand and applaud the commissioners of all of the sports who are making these leagues run through these impossible circumstances, there is no book on how to run a professional sports league during a pandemic. And I think they've all done it brilliantly. Silver and Bettman with their bubbles. And Rob Manfred got them through to the finish line. And Goodell is doing everything he can to get this NFL season to a conclusion, to something that feels even remotely satisfactory, to something where all the fans are not deprived of our football, and most importantly, the billions of dollars that are at stake are not squandered. And for these guys, through their careless, willful actions to completely sabotage an NFL game, that's what happened willfully destroyed an NFL game. That was a game that should not have to have been played yesterday. No one should have been forced to sit through that. What they did to themselves, to their team, to their fans, and to their league was inexcusable. And I think that if they don't get any sort of serious repercussion, serious discipline, then I think the league is missing an opportunity. They're talking about docking teams, draft picks, They're talking about docking organizations, fining six-figure fines. That's not enough. These players ruined an NFL game yesterday, purposely. I don't mean that they sat there and said, hey, let's ruin an NFL game. But if you haven't figured out by this point that these protocols work, that this stuff works, if you were careless or reckless or clueless enough that through your actions, willful actions, this wasn't an accident, they accidentally ruined an NFL game by purposely doing what they did. In my opinion, they should be docked heavily. Heavily. I will I absolutely will defend Goodell if he comes down hard on those guys. And I'm sure the Players Association would get in his way. And I would talk to D. Smith about it too. Because you cannot have that. The Ravens, look what's happened to the Ravens. The Ravens are going to wind up playing a game tomorrow night against Pittsburgh without practically any of their best players traveling maybe on game day without having practiced in a week and a half, a week and a half, because their strength and conditioning coach was running around without a mask on. That's inexcusable. It's unimaginable to me. That's, that's a breach of your fiduciary responsibility. There's nothing the league could do to them that, in my opinion, would be too harsh, because these people are trying to do something impossible. You're trying to run a professional sports season in the middle of a pandemic. These numbers are spiking everywhere you go. Things are being closed. You can't eat in a restaurant. They're trying to play football. So any player, any person, anyone involved, anyone fortunate enough, you know the old adage about how it is not a right, it's a privilege to be a part of the National Football League? This is where it matters. This is where it counts. So you're just going to let these guys get off with a little bit of humiliation? Drew Locke releases the most unapologetic statement yesterday I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I'll own this one. Oh, isn't that big of you, Drew? You ruined an NFL game. There are not that many of them. You ruined that one. Ruined. You and the rest of that quarterback ruined. Destroyed an NFL game. It was non-competitive. It was unsightly. It was impossible to watch. There was honestly no reason for it to have been played. Except that if the game isn't played, then no one gets paid. So in order for it to get paid, you play, that, that game, if they gave the Broncos the ball every single time they had to punt, if, if the Saints just played the game on defense, they would have won. The Saints would have won. So an NFL game was ruined by the total disregard for the protocols, by the total disregard for the situation, the willful disregard for the situation on the part of the quarterback room of the Denver Broncos. That's inexcusable. And again, if the league wanted to come down on them much harder than it appears to me they're going to, I'd be fine with it. It seems they're going to hit organizations hard. They're going to fine, and they're going to take away draft picks. Okay? Seems like a good start. But I think there's a lot further than that they could go. Here's Vic Vangio, the coach of the Broncos, yesterday.
0: Well, I was disappointed on a couple levels in that, that our quarterbacks put us in this position our quarterbacks put the league in that position we count on them to be the leaders of the team and you know leaders of the offense and uh, those guys made a mistake and that that is disappointing obviously i haven't done a good enough job of selling the protocols to them you know when they're on their own so you know part of that could fall on me there
1: so uh, he, he takes the blame um there for what he recognized was just the worst game ever. And again, the question on our screen here on ESPN Plus is should this game have been played? And the answer is heck, yes. And the game tomorrow night needs to be played. You have to play. Competitive disadvantage is not something that should be taken into account. Particularly when the team is at that disadvantage did this to themselves. Again, this was not done purposely, but it was done willfully. These guys violated the, the, the protocols knowingly, purposely. And so in my opinion, they're getting off easy. Drew Locke's um, statement um, was, I'm trying to find it here. I should have had it ready earlier. Here it is. Here's, here's Drew Locke's statement here, which I read yesterday and just, I was enraged. As a proud member of the Broncos, I can attest that our entire team has taken the pandemic seriously. No, not seriously enough, Drew. Drew. Why were you, why did you let your masking, in your own words, slip? I apologize and I fully understand why these safety precautions are so important. Doing the right thing for a majority of the time is not good enough. In my opinion, whatever Goodell wants to do, whatever he wants to do, it's not enough.
0: Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. splash.
1: Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny with you. Presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest, Dan Orlovsky, among them, will be with me on the Shell Penzo performance line. Dan, off the top of the next hour. It's about 15 minutes. Right now, meanwhile, it's time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Usually... I provide the straight talk, but in this case, I will yield my time to the coach of the Chicago bears, Matt Nagy, who today said this, whatever it is, I know this, uh, we better wake our tails up every freaking coach on the, on the staff, every player better wake up and start, start understanding where we're at, have some personal pride, have a freaking sense of urgency, know where we're at, have some pride into who we're playing for and why we do this. And, uh, and then, and then go find a way to win as a team. That's my challenge to every single person in that building this week is that. And, and so uh, yesterday was flat out embarrassing. Um, and and uh, our guys know it. That, I'm not telling you something they don't know. They know it. Ugh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, did he just say something? I'm, I'm, I'm yawning. The time to say that was a month ago. The time to say that is not after your season has been hopelessly lost and you got humiliated and shellacked by your arch rival on national TV. The time to say those things, coach, were a long time ago. Your team has looked that bad for a while. So you can save the, we need to to find ourselves our personal pride. Long since past. The time to do that was back when it mattered. It has stopped mattering now in Chicago, and that's the reality of the situation. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. You lose five straight games, including that one like that. The whole world runs past you, and you haven't figured out how to handle a quarterback. I'm not interested in the Newt Rockney speech. All right, Greeny with you. Uh, Every day, fascinating stats. Let me give you some fascinating stats on just how badly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are being managed or mismanaged. Tom Brady this season ranks second in the league in yards per dropback when using the play action. The team ranks 30th out of 32 in frequency of play action. Yesterday, Tom Brady was four for five for 83 yards and a touchdown on play action. I'm not sure what's more amazing, how good those numbers are, or the fact that they only had five play action passes in an NFL game. In the same game, Kansas City had 17. Bruce Arians does could not possibly have less of a clue. And it is destroying them. And you can say whatever you want about Tom Brady, who may not be what he was 10 years ago, because who among us is? But he's not the problem. The problem is that the offense they're running is ridiculous. And it is what destroyed Jameis Winston. And it is now destroying this season. Again, he's second in the league on drop back passes in terms of the efficiency of them when he uses them but they run the 30th most of every team in the NFL, yet they throw the ball constantly. They run this ridiculous offense that looked bad in the 70s when everyone else was running it. And now it looks, it looks so dated that it is embarrassing. And it has cost that really, really, really good collection of players their season. Fascinating stats brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Um, the college news from the weekend basically all comes from the Big Ten where there has been another cancellation today, Northwestern Minnesota this coming weekend will not happen because basically Minnesota has, is being overrun by the coronavirus. The, the, the team is it is now run rampant on that team between the players and the staff. So they can't play this weekend, which means that if there is a Big Ten championship game, Northwestern is in it. Northwestern wins the Big Ten West by virtue of that Minnesota game being canceled the number of things that would have to happen for that not to take place are almost impossible. Basically, the entire league's average number of games would have to fall below six, which essentially means that we'd be in a place where they can't even play a Big Ten championship game because it means everybody would have to have all their games canceled pretty much the rest of the way. So it's just a shame that that continues here. Obviously, Northwestern's defeat uh, at Michigan State on Saturday was the most impactful college game of the weekend because it was the one team that got knocked out of the playoff race. And I opened the show by telling you it was heartbreaking for me. I drank myself into a stupor Saturday, so much so that it ruined all of Sunday. Um, But what can I say? I love those kids, and and, and they got outplayed. That day, I mean, Michigan State 100% deserved to win. They played better. So they deserved it. It was tough to watch for Northwestern. However, you know, winning the Big Ten West and making it to the Big Ten championship game and having a chance to play in that game is still an excellent accomplishment for their season. And so I'm hoping that's what they get the chance to do. The question is, is it Ohio State? They'll play there. What winds up happening with Ohio State? They have their own coronavirus concerns now in Columbus. And in Columbus, we know they're not really thinking Big Ten championship game. They've already pretty much written that one in. The question is, if they only wind up playing like five games, can they make it to the playoff? Will they put an unbeaten five-win Ohio State into the playoff over a one-loss team from the SEC that played 11 games? It's going to be fascinating to see. I don't have any way of telling you what the answer to that is yet. We'll find out a little more about what they're thinking tomorrow night when we get the next issue of the rankings. Now, how State is sitting there at number four right now, as of last week. They didn't get to play. So will they move down? Will they drop as a result of just having played fewer games than so many of the other teams that are contenders? We'll wait and see. The most significant thing that happened in college football over the weekend, congratulations to her, was Sarah Fuller, who is a star on the Vanderbilt women's soccer team who got the opportunity because of coronavirus concerns to kick off, to actually participate in a men's football game, in in a power five football game. She's the first woman ever to do so. She kicked off to start the second half. I believe she would have kicked extra points if they had ever had one, um, but they didn't score. They got shut out in the game and the coach actually got fired the following day. But it's a colossal thing. There's no question. It is just an unabashedly, unquestionably wonderful thing that she got the opportunity to do it and everything that it means and everything it stands for. We're seeing more and more women getting opportunities in men's sports, coaching-wise and other areas, and even playing And uh, when, when there is that opportunity. And anyone who is against that, in my opinion, I, I'm not even interested in talking to you. Now, your, your opinion is not worthy of even being discussed. Good for her. If you have anything to say beyond good for her, I'm not interested in hearing it. So that was the most important thing that happened in college football this weekend Um, and that's where we'll leave that. I'm up against the hour here. I got Dan Orlowski coming up. Tons of football as we roll on on a Monday. Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.